On today's episode of Locked On Spartans, we are breaking it down. Michigan State taking on the University of Michigan for the first time in two times in a row. It's going to be fun. And we are joined by a very special guest. Quinn92 will be with us to end the show. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Thursday, March 4th. The year is 2021. I'm your host, Will Hunter, joined by my absolutely vibe into some Quinn 92 co-host, Matt Sheehan. He's got a good, he's got a good vibe, man. I, oh, you know yeah. what? You, you listen to Quinn 92 and it's like <laughs> summer is around the corner. That, yes. that man has made music with summer in mind and I absolutely yes. love it. Yeah, we were talking about him or talking with him about his style of music and just like how this album compares to previous projects and then just he he said the words like summer vibe laid back and I was like, "Yep." <laughs> like, like how would you describe it? Like, yes, that is perfect. It sounds about right, yeah. Um, but yeah, Quinn 92, we chatted with him for a, about a half an hour just about his time at MSU, his music, his album coming up, uh his experience watching this team this year and, and all sorts of different things. Uh, Matt asked him about a very specific funny tweet as well, so you can catch that. But that'll be segment three on today's show. We're going to run through two quick segments to start, previewing Michigan State, taking on the University of Michigan. Uh, Feels like there's a decent chance that the U of M hangs a banner in MSU's face, just like Michigan State did to them uh, a couple years ago. But that's how she goes, Matt. We're going to break it down. First of two meetings with the Wolverines. Coming up this week, that's the plan for today's show. Reminded to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. We do this every single day, five days a week, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Yep, yep. Well, I have a confession. <laughs> What's your confession? This These is not are my it. confessions. These are my confessions. Just what, um, I, MSU has had a, a tough year, Well, I don't think I'm breaking uh-huh. news here. Um, so the last thing I want to do while MSU was struggling throughout the year was turn on any game where Michigan was playing and watch them win to the tune of 35 points seemingly. So, well, this is my confession. <laughs> haven't watched a lot of Michigan basketball this year. I actually <laughs> haven't watched a single minute. Um, Yeah, so I know what Not they're about. Not a single minute? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I, I turned the channel at the end of overtime uh, against Oakland back in the day because, like, I caught oh, wind yeah. of it. And I was like, oh, let's check this out. And then by then, it was, like, literally over. Like, the shot mm-hmm. was Greg Campy walking back to the locker room. I was like, ah, okay. Ever since then, I no. But I know what they're all about. Like, I, I know Dickinson is a complete menace on the defensive end. I know that really, as a team, they're incredible defensively. On, on what end? The defensive end? He's okay. I mean, he blocked shots, but he's a bit of a stiff. Uh, The other end, Matt, is where he really... um, Oh, I know that too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Has been doing a lot of work uh, this season. Yeah, and my uh, Isaiah Livers, uh, his overrated take has (laughs) aged like, I don't know. Poorly? Like milk left on the counter for three months. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, so uh, it's 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 just been great. Well, very excited to talk about this game coming up. Yeah, they're... They're a really freaking good team. Um, in retrospect, we should have seen it coming a little bit just because they have 19 seniors on their team. <laughs> like you this. know what? Like, so does Wisconsin. It, it was yeah, like, one, fair, it, like they, they replace each other because it was supposed to be the big three. It's supposed to be Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. But instead, no, it's the other team with 19 seniors. It's Michigan yeah. that's part of that big three now. Or big big two really, I guess. Illinois and Michigan. Yeah. So Yeah, Michigan, um Isaiah Livers, Mike Smith, Chandi Brown, who are transfers, and then Eli Brooks has really started to come into his own. And then Austin Davis as well plays some key minutes for them on the bench. Like that is a bunch of seniors that have been around for a long time. And even if you look at the two guys that play for them that are not seniors, uh Franz Wagner, sophomore. Played a year, obviously, last year, and I don't know if he's going to be a late lottery pick, but, like, his stock has gone from, like, yeah, you know, he's pretty, he's draftable to, like, yeah, you should probably take him in the first round. Like, he is just a really versatile, rangy sort of 
wingy power forward type <clears throat> that fits really well with modern basketball. And then the other one is Hunter Dickinson, who is in the running for probably going to win freshman of the year, averaging a bunch of points, getting a bunch of rebounds. Uh, number four in Ken Palm's uh, player of the year rankings and, you know, is can score 20 plus points on 12 shots, <clears throat> excuse me, on any given night. He can get you three, four, five offensive rebounders. He's one of the best offensive rebounders in the country. He's a great defensive rebounder. He blocks shots. Incredibly efficient. Has a top 100 effective field goal. Top 100 true shooting, top 70 true shooting percentage. Gets to the line a bunch. Hits a bunch of free throws. And is very efficient from two. It's just when he's able to stay on the court, um, he is an absolute menace on the offensive end. And is very, you know, old school throwback post guy. Great moves great footwork just like you give them the ball and it's a bucket so yeah so that they're non-seniors <laughs> or contributors are fantastic as well so yeah <clears throat> they're a good team map they're really good uh, there's a reason they're favored by 12 on uh bet yeah. on that ag will it's a it's a hefty number would dare i say a three touchdown favorite sort of number <laughs> will dare, dare i say they're hosting a spartan team with a massive massive Betting spread on their side, Will. Oh, yeah. never before has that <laughs> seemed to backfire uh, in, in Ann Arbor. Yeah, never, ever, ever, ever. Um, Michigan, number two team in Ken Palm, adjusted efficiency. Matt, uh, I want you to prepare yourself. <clears throat> yeah, okay, okay, I'm, I'm sitting down. Okay. Michigan has the number six offense and the number four defense. They're really good. <laughs> that's that's nationally or in the big time? That is nationally, mm, my good. friend. Even better. Good. Yep. Yep. One of the best offenses. One of the most efficient offenses in the country. One of the best defenses in the entire country. They go with some pace on offense at times. They slow it down on defense. They drag out possessions. They do literally everything but force turnovers. And honestly, the only other little maybe weakness they have I'm not sure I would even call it a weakness is they don't do a great job getting to the free throw line as a team. Uh, Dickinson has a good free throw rate. No one else is. It's really up there. You know, Wagner's okay. Mike Smith, okay. Isaiah Livers, okay. Uh, But they just, they don't get to the free throw line a ton as a team. That's it. They don't force turnovers and they don't get to the free throw line a ton. Other than that, they're pretty good or great everywhere else. They have... The number four effective field goal defense in the entire country, Matt. There's a reason we sweat out 10 pounds uh, against Indiana because we knew we had to get that one because this one. Now, I'm not not giving up on our team just yet, but allow me to just kind of. um, Give up on the team? Give up and say (laughs) I'm not really expecting a win here. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Michigan State has the number 246 effective field goal offense and Michigan's defense is number four. Like turnover percentage actually favors Michigan state when they have the ball because Michigan doesn't force turnovers somehow. So that's good. Um, MSU could get some offensive rebounds, but Michigan state does not foul. They have the lowest free throw rate on defense in the country. It's going to be really freaking hard for Michigan state to score on this team, Matt. Great. That, that's awesome. We'd love to hear that um, because MS, MSU is just a bastion for scoring the basketball lately um, yeah. outside of Aaron Henry. So good. Good. Yeah. It'd be a, you know what? No. MSU is due. They got some players that are due for big games. So that's just <laughs> what I'm going to be due. praying to God uh, when, when the game tips off tomorrow is that oh. uh, any one of the, the three guys that are having a big slump yeah. can just rise and shine and make some baskets. So, yeah. Michigan State's defense actually matches up decently with Michigan's offense. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, if Marcus Bingham can stay on the floor, I think he can provide some challenge for Hunter Dickinson, make his life a little bit difficult with that reach. Yes, Hunter Dickinson is very large, uh, but Marcus Bingham has the wingspan of a pterodactyl. And, you know, Michigan State's defense has been pretty good <clears throat> at making people miss. And the things they're not great at – Michigan isn't that great at, like, Michigan State fouls too much. Well, uh, Michigan doesn't really get to the free throw line. Michigan State's been struggling on the glass. Well, Michigan State doesn't really offensive rebound that much outside of Dickinson. Now, he could have five, six, seven offensive rebounds. 
Mm-hmm. But other than him, when Austin Davis is on the floor for him, he'll get some. When Brandon Johns gets his six to eight minutes, he can get some. But other than that, it's not really a threat. There aren't many people that are a threat there. And then, you know, Michigan State doesn't force turnovers, but Michigan has been a little bit turnover prone uh, in Big Ten play. So maybe that can sort of equal out. You know, it, it's okay on that side. I don't feel horrible about MSU's defense matching up with Michigan's offense. It's just Michigan State might score 11 points in this game, Matt. <laughs> uh, take the under in this one, which is at 140 and a half right now. But I'm is it? Wow. Yeah, 140. We're going to need to be that well below that total yeah. to have a chance here. I don't see a, a barn burner going in favor of Michigan State necessarily. I, I cannot paint a realistic scenario outside of Michigan State shoots 12 of 18 from three. Something like that. Something totally freakish. Yeah, sure, yeah. I cannot paint a realistic scenario where they score 70 points. <laughs> Not uh, a chance in hell. I'm having a hard time doing it, yeah. Like, it, maybe even 65 is a tough number to get to. Like, keep it to, like, 58, 60, and maybe you can squeak one out. <sighs> let's sure. pause here real quick. We'll come back. Let's do that. Let's paint the picture. What does a Michigan State win yeah, look it. like? Then we'll quickly talk about, like, what does this mean for MSU's tournament hopes? We'll do that in a sec. But first, a word from rockauto.com. Rockauto, yeah. <laughs> rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. What else, Matt? Gas pedals. Gas pedal. Whether it's for your classic car or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts, Matt? Well, you would do it, Well, if you were a giant clown in a big old circus. That's the yeah. only reason. Here. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, James Harden heads back to Houston with his new team. Find out what happened and get some reaction to that game. That's a big storyline in the NBA. Get more of the sports news you need. In less time with the Locked On Today podcast, subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so, A, how does Michigan State win this game? Yeah. B, what does it mean if they lose this game? Okay. C, C, do we care about this game? Yeah, I'd be lying if we said we didn't care about it, not just, you know, from MSU's tournament chance perspective, but it's still a rivalry. Of course, uh, we care a little bit. Is it probably a little more muted than it usually is because the conclusion is already foregone, perhaps? Um, Yeah, maybe, but you know what, Will? We also kind of thought that uh, football season two. So that's, once again, another thing I just keep on uh, telling myself. We had one game of sample size to work with in football. Basketball, we got a little bit more. Although, oh, yeah. you know, if if Michigan State was playing the way they have the last week and a half, right? Warts and all, because they haven't been perfect, right? No, they were no, bad no. against Maryland. They they had really rough stretches offensively against Indiana, but also some really good stretches uh, against all the teams. If they played that way the entire season, they're probably still like ranked right they're like 25th 20th in the country sixth place in the big 10 hey look here's Izzo's guys getting ready for like right they're they're playing to the level of like that's like a top 20 ish team that's just fair. the last week and a half certainly right that's definitely fair yeah with without a doubt and it, it, can I go into like a blueprint of how MSU can win this game you yeah know, I mean, do just it. finally run into that like so, of course, I, I go look at the one of two box scores that didn't look good for Michigan. I'm yes. trying to pick out some numbers here. There's a number that sticks out to me that also worked out well for Michigan State earlier in the week, actually, against Illinois. And Illinois only took 13 three-pointers against Michigan. Now, mm-hmm. granted, they made six of them, which is good for 46% shooting, so pretty good. But is it as simple as just not jacking up a lot of threes, which is what <laughs> MSU, as we saw against Indiana, no one in Breslin Center that night was good at shooting threes. Um is it just as simple as that? Keeping the three-point shots to under 15. Now, I know that's way, 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 way easier said than done against Michigan. But you saw what happened against Maryland. They were pushed to the perimeter. They jacked up threes. 
it did not go well for them at all. Uh, and it, it, Illinois, they got in the paint. They got their elbow jumpers, if you will, their floaters in. Well, it paid off in spades for them. So try to just try to play this game inside the perimeter. I can't believe I'm saying this because, like, I hate the lawn twos. Like, floaters aren't my favorite shot in the world necessarily ever since Cassius left. But, man, I, I think that the more disciplined you can be on your shot, shot selection and limit the amount of three-pointers you're taking, maybe that's how you do it. And, of course, you know, Illinois, I guess, out-rebounding Michigan 42-26 to 26 didn't hurt them either. Um, but, yeah, from the offensive end, I, I, maybe you just keep playing this in the perimeter like you did last week against Illinois. Maybe. Maybe. Um, disagreement here? No, not necessarily disagreement. I'm looking at here. Let me ask you this way. Okay. How many times do you think Michigan has scored less than uh, 67 points in a game? Oh, not a lot. I, I can't be a lot, can it? It's not. It's three times. Okay. All right. What do you think their record is in those three games? Uh, one and two. One and two. Hey, look at me go. Yep. All right. I'm on a roll. It seems silly. And obvious, like, hey, if you hold them to 53 points, you're going to beat them. <laughs> like, well, uh, you done. should. If you're not, then something's wrong with you. That's that's a big problem on your end. Yeah. But, you know, they scored 62 against Penn State and won 62 to 58. Gotcha. They beat Wisconsin 67 to 59. Those are their two wins in the 60s. Then they lost to Minnesota 75 to 57. And they lost to Illinois 76 to 53. Obviously, in basketball, when you score less points, you have a less chance... <laughs> <laughs> your your chance of winning seems lower. Um, but I think if you look at these box scores, you can sort of pick some things like, okay, where did it go wrong for them in this game? Minnesota, they had 20 turnovers, Matt. Uh, that's that's it. more than a handful, Will. Yeah, yep. that's big time. They had 20 turnovers, shot under 50% from two, shot under... 30% from three, and they shot 50% from the free throw line. Against Illinois, they only had 11 turnovers, but they shot 35% or 38%, excuse me, 36% from two, 29% from three, 70% from the free throw line, which has actually kind of buoyed them a little bit. It could have been a lot worse. Um, I think you just got to like, force them to take really hard shots and that seems simple and stupid and obvious but how you do that is you're well connected on defense you're communicating you're exerting a lot of effort on that end you're not missing closeouts you're not missing rotations you're playing clean and I think that's how you have to beat Michigan if you're going to be a team that beats Michigan they rarely sort of screw up <laughs> like they're just they're like this like steam engine that just they're chugging along and they're just picking up steam and they're just going 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 and they're just going to keep going they're not going to veer off track like a good Michigan State team hits like six ramps during the season and they're doing tricks and flips and shit and Michigan's just like here we go steady Eddie mm-hmm. and like that's how they win they're just solid fundamental they play well as a team their pieces fit they make sense I think you kind of have to try to get them out of their game a little bit. Frustrate Hunter Dickinson. Like, always have a body on him in good position. Don't let him catch the ball under the rim, right? That's sort of like basic fundamental things. Close out on Isaiah Livers. Do not give him room to come off a screen and catch the ball. Keep your body in front of Franz Wagner so he's not able to knife into the lane and play make. It's just sort of like a collection of things. It's just like play solid, sound, fundamental defense. Make them shoot over you as much as you can and then grab the rebound and like that kind of seems like it works a little bit like they have a bunch of really good players but I don't know like Wagner's really good but he's not I think someone who's going to break down a defense on his own and just make a spectacular play after spectacular play uh, to like buoy an offense. He's not really, he's a, he's, he plays in the flow of the game, right? He catches the ball in the lane. He's moving it. He's moving. The ball's moving. He's like, it's almost like a Manu Ginobili type thing where it's just like, there's a lot of fluidity in his game on offense. Like there's not a Cassius Winston on this team. There's not a Carson Edwards. There's not a Miles Powell, like someone who's just like, yeah, give me the rock. I'm going to 
and Aaron Henry even. Like, I'm going to carry this offense. Like, they play great team ball, and that can be stymied a bit by great team defense, I think, if that makes sense. Checks out to me, yeah, and also easier said than done once again. So much easier said than done. So much easier said than done. And another thing they could borrow, too, from the Indiana game is uh, Trace Jackson Davis. He was in foul trouble most of the game. And, uh, you know, Illinois did get Dickinson in a little bit of foul trouble, uh, namely to start the second half. He picked up his third about two minutes into it. Yeah. And that kind of grew into an Illinois 15-3 to run, some casual Mm -hmm. like that. So, uh, once again, for the 80th time, easier said than done. But, uh, yeah, just get tickets into foul trouble. Come on. How hard can it be? <laughs> yeah, just try to make his life difficult. If you can get him into foul trouble, great. But, like, stay in solid position on him. Don't fall for the fakes. You've got everything on film now. His entire game's on film. Yes, it's harder once you're on the court with him, but you know the moves. Like, just play solid team defense. Don't do anything crazy. Arms up. Straight up. Don't foul. Just, like, you just do solid, fundamental team defense. And... I think they could potentially hang with them, you know, if Michigan misses some shots. It's going to be really, really tough, especially in their barn where they are playing second chance now to win the Big Ten Mm -hmm. and in their place. And, you know, uh, they would absolutely love to. We mentioned the seniors. Well, they were sophomores when Michigan State raised a banner in their faces at the Breslin Center a couple years ago. You know they're going to be motivated to pay that back. Matt, it is a 12-point spread-ish in Vegas. Ken Palm has this as a 77-62 win for Michigan, a 90% chance of victory for the Wolverines. Um, If MSU loses, I don't think it really hurts their tournament profile all that much, and I I don't think it hurts all that much if they lose uh, at the Breslin Center to Michigan as well just because of how good that team is. But if they can somehow pull one of these two off, they are in the tournament. They're not going to have to worry about the bubble. They're not gonna. Have, they're probably not gonna have to worry about uh, first four. Like they're over the byline. If you can get one of these two games, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Let's let's just do it then. Let's do it and be legends. Let's do it and be legends. Quinn ninety two coming up after this quick break. But first, a word from BetOnline.ag. Sorry, I screwed it up. I screwed it up. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, anything you can think of pretty much. They have real-time updated odds and prop bets on anything you can imagine, almost. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKDOWN. One word, LOCKDOWN, to get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. There's simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference. And with Big Ten, Ben Stevens and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, if it's happening in the Big Ten, Ben's got you covered with an in-depth look at the conference every Monday through Friday. Subscribe to Locked On Big Ten wherever you get your podcast now. We're, we got a like a half an hour interview here with Quinn92. We're just going to play the whole darn thing. We're going to play the whole sucker. Great conversation with him. We hope you enjoy it. All right, we are fired up right now to be joined by someone who is much more talented than either myself or Matt, Quinn92, Michigan State alum, fan, recording artist, has a new album coming out, Change of Scenery 2. That'll be dropping Thursday night at midnight. So technically Friday, but Thursday night at midnight. And he's here. He's going to talk about his new album. We're going to talk some MSU hoops. And just have all sorts of fun, Quinn. How you doing, man? Thanks for making some time for us. I'm good, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I I think you're very very talented too. Please don't give me too oh. much. <laughs> Listen, if it's like we can see each other now, I'm gonna hold up. A, this is you, and we're just somewhere under my desk. Like it's a different lower. stratosphere. <laughs> lower, lower, lower on the floorboards. Um, well, thanks so much for making some time for us. Let's start just. With some basketball, you know, this is a sports podcast, Michigan State Sports. Mm -hmm. Are you suffering this season as much as Matt and I have? Because we've been talking every single day about this team, and sometimes it's just painful. But the last few weeks, man, it's been really turning around. What's it been like for you this season watching Michigan State hoops? 
Yeah, it's been, I mean, like any other Spartan fan, I feel like it's been tough, um, especially because we're dealing also with a pandemic. So it doesn't help that sure. our, our, our basketball team is, isn't having a great season. So, uh, but I like to what you said, I think these last couple of weeks have been, have been promising and it seems like there's like a light at the end of the tunnel and it seems like knock on wood that we might squeeze our way into the tournament yeah. somehow. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but for me, it's been nice I've kind of had, yeah, fingers crossed. I've kind of had, uh, you know, my, my blinders on because of this new, new music coming out. And I haven't had much time to, to see, to see recent games, but I have been keeping track of things these last couple of weeks when, you know, beating Ohio state and Iowa and, and like that, that's when I was really like, okay, I, I think I got to get back into, into yeah. it. It seems like we're actually figuring this out. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And tomorrow, obviously, the big game against U of M. So knock on wood. So no doubt, Harry's situation for Michigan State, they got three games left. You figure they have to get one to make the tournament. So I got a question, more precarious situation to be in. Is it Michigan State with three games left? Or is it you on February 18th when you tweeted, quote, uh, fun fact, I recently was at an airport with no boxers on and my zipper was down, so I was dong out with PSA at 2.30 p.m. on a Tuesday. Who was in a dicey situation? Who for you on February 18th? Damn, I didn't think you were about to pull up the tweets on me. Oh, gosh. That was uh, the funniest thing I've read in a while. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that had me rolling. That's, my, uh, that's my, my advertising degree from Michigan State. I'm putting it to the, uh, to the test. Here here. He's crushing it. Yeah. Getting, my parents are very proud of me, as you can tell. Um, no, I would say, um, I mean, the, the airport situation was definitely weird. Um, uh, you know, I didn't think I'd ever find myself in that situation. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, because, because it's a family show, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to pick state hoops. I'm going to, I'm going to say we're in a more precarious situation, trying to find a way to win one out of three games. Um, behind the scenes, uh, I was setting up this interview and I sent a message to Matt. I was like, Hey, I think we're going to get Quinn 92. And he immediately went to your Twitter feed. He's like, let me just, let me just find the most funny tweet I could. And he sent me that immediately. He's like, I'm going to bring this up. I love it. Was, it was two <laughs> tweets down. Yeah. I was like, oh, perfect. All right. We have to scroll very far to find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fantastic. We can work with this guy. Yeah. yeah we should have yeah. him on the podcast. Uh, Quinn 92 here with us on uh, locked on Spartans. Uh, I have another basketball-related question, but it also involves uh, your work, your performance pre-pandemic when you're doing live shows. Has there ever been a situation where you delayed getting on stage to watch Michigan State either basketball or football? No joke. I'm not. I'm, this is a true story. I delayed. Um, I had a show here, funny enough, in LA at the Wiltern. Um, which is a really, really great venue, but we were backstage and it was right when the final four was happening and we lost mm. the tech. I, I didn't have to delay the show. Thank God. Cause I would have felt bad having fans like wait for me to like watch sports, but I, de- I definitely did like meet my band like 10 minutes prior to showtime. Like normally we kind of have like 45 minutes of just like us sort of like getting in the vibe of like the show and pumping ourselves up. But the we had some family in town and my friends who went to, to MSU and we were all watching the game in the green room and I I like I, I milked that as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, like we lost and it was kind of a, a shitty thing to have to deal with, and then go on stage and act like everything's you know dandy. But um, but yeah, that was one moment I can I can in recent memory think of where I've had to like you know tell my team to kind of pause. I, I had I had to watch MSU play basketball, but um, yeah, I'm sure it's happened more than once. I probably just can't remember right now. I was going to say, like, you're going on stage right after a heartbreaking loss. Like, are you yeah. thinking about the loss, like, in between songs or, like, what does that you're on stage or just Yeah, lucky enough, I, did, I didn't have to, like, clock into, like, a nine-to-five job at, like, a bank. Like, I, I, I got to, like, go on stage and, you know, do what I love and have adrenaline and stuff. And I, I think you – you know, that's kind of the beautiful thing with art, not to get serious, but like, you know, even if you're dealing with, you know, a, a difficulty in your life or God forbid, like someone's passed away or what, whatever the case may be, if it's a negative in any way, I feel like, you know, being able to perform and be on stage, it's, it's kind of like an hour, an hour and a half of just you in the zone and you've kind of blocked out everything that's going on in your life and you're, you're very present in, in, in what's happening. And so I think, um, I think that's why people love live music. And so for me, I'm able to kind of take the negative and, and turn it into a positive when I'm on stage and sort of forget what's going on in my, in my day-to-day stuff and just kind of get, 
like immersed in the music. So it, it treats a basketball law, MSU yeah. basketball law quite nicely. So. So we all just sat on our couches, like slumped down with a beer that we didn't even want to drink anymore. Yeah. And you're like, well, I guess I'll just go uh, <laughs> sing to my adorning fan. That's a pretty good pick me up after a tough. I'm very, I'm very spoiled. Yeah, I'm very spoiled. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people listening to this are familiar with your story, familiar with your connection to Michigan State. But there, there might be some people who uh, maybe aren't as familiar. You went there. What is your connection to MSU? And like, how did uh, Michigan State help you sort of with your musical journey? Because it started while you were at campus, probably before that musically. But like you really started getting going while you were at MSU. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I went to school from I went to actually Western Michigan my freshman year. And then I transferred to MSU my sophomore year. So from the years 2011 to 2014, I went to school there. And, you know, it was always for me, a time when I just got to really experiment with like what I wanted to pursue in life. And and because the school doesn't offer like a music program, I was able to, I wasn't able, I should say, be able to like put it into my studies. So I really kind of had mm-hmm. to make like extracurricular activity that I was doing. So I would, my, my producer and, uh, and best friend, Alex goes by AOK. Yeah. He actually went to U of M. And so kind of fitting, we're having this discussion because, you know, sure. <laughs> but I would often drive to Ann Arbor like every week um, and, and cut class to record music with him because we were making um, this EP at the time called change of scenery, which was back in 2015, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I kind of, I tried to find a way to balance the two. My grades definitely suffered because of it, but I found a way to, to graduate. My parents didn't kill me and I'm, I'm still super happy that that, that <laughs> happened. Um, but no, I think, I think MSU, it helped shape my, not only my music career, but just me as a person because it, it really grounded me and it, it just kind of reminded me, you know, just stay humble. And, and, and when I moved here to LA, it definitely just, you know, being from the Midwest, I think it does that to you. You keep, it keeps you very centered and, and I, I don't think it gives you a big head coming out of, of, of Michigan. So, you know, when I'm here working in LA, I, I, I tend to, you know, think about where I grew up more often than not. And it helps remind me just to kind of be the same person I've always been. But specifically, how did the school help my music though? Like I had a fraternity, I was in a fraternity SIE there and I would play my music around parties and stuff. And my fraternity brothers would show their friends and their yeah. friend would show other friends and it kind of became this word of mouth thing. And, um, I played local shows around campus like max bar and the loft and, um, you know, some of the, some, some grimy venues for sure, but definitely, oh, yeah. definitely like <laughs> my most memorable experiences because it was like my first time performing live. And yeah, I just, you know, I was, I was like growing not only as like a person, but as a, as a quote unquote musician, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I was at the time a musician, but I was, you know, I was definitely entering that point in my life. And so it was a really just special time for me to kind of learn a lot about myself. And, you know, I'm still learning about myself here in LA, but Michigan State really helped me just kind of figure out what it is I wanted to do with my life and, and how to get there and and not to give up on things. Cause um, in a weird way, because they didn't offer music as a program, it kind of like helped me out because it just made me sort of get more creative. And yeah, I don't, I don't think that that was the school's intention, but that's kind of what I got from it. So uh, whatever, whatever gets the uh, gets the diploma, I guess I, I'll, I'll take it. So yeah. Uh, junior year, in order for me to get a diploma, eventually, I just had to take two credits. So I took a blow off class. It was called Understanding Music. Yeah. Not a blow-off class whatsoever. Got a 1-5 <laughs> in it. One of the hardest classes I've ever taken. It was full of, like, Beethoven. I, I don't even know. I don't know anyone else because that's probably why I got a 1-5. Did you take that class? It wasn't easy for you? Like, please give me some, like, credit here for taking that class and getting through it. I, I mean, yeah, to, well, to, to just to follow up, it's no joke, man. There's, there's like, music theory and, and yeah. history of music and, like, how to read music, all that stuff. That that's like a science in itself. I to this day don't I don't know how to read music. I'm like I, I'm not that skilled at many instruments. Like I just happen to have a unique tone in my voice and that's kind of what, you know, has got me to this point. So I definitely can can side with you on that. That that stuff really does take like a lot of willpower and like studying, you know? And uh but no, I didn't take any classes like that because when I was at school, like I didn't see one thing in the curriculum, I guess, that had music involved in it. And so maybe that's changed since I graduated. But uh, but no, I, I never got a chance to really like take a music course. So, you know, in in some weird ways, I think that may have helped me a bit because I <laughs> I don't think I thought of it too much. I just I, I kind of, you know, just 
stuck to my intuition. Maybe if I took that class you took and failed, I probably would have had my doubts about <laughs> You'd be doing a college sports podcast five days a week, like, like we're doing. Like, you'd go down exactly. the horrible life path. It'd be, it'd be awful. Yeah, so maybe it was a good thing. Maybe it worked out. Yeah, it worked, it, it worked. It worked out. Uh, I took that class too because I thought it was going to be a blow off. I went for two days and then I never went back and dropped that Great sucker. Decision. So my, my blow off class was, was uh, intro to wine. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Oh, yeah, that nice. was very nice. You're cultured. All right, there you go. Look at you. Yeah, I'm I've, very cultured. No, not at all. <laughs> I've heard some of those classes are like sneaky tough. Like at Texas A and M, there's a class called Meats, just like it's called Meats. And it's one of the hardest classes at Texas A&M, which is an ag school, which is really a difficult school, like meats wow. and like um, intro to wine, man. That sounds top. Yeah. Uh, did you go there for a handful of years? What's like a favorite in stadium uh, basketball, football, whatever it is? What's a, a, a memorable experience watching MSU sports? Um, uh, There's so many. Dude. There's there's. um. One that comes to mind is I was able to go to the game when we were a basketball game. We were ranked four and Indiana came to town and they're one. Yeah, and we lost, but it was still mm-hmm. it was my first college basketball game I've ever been to, which is not college basketball game, but Michigan State game, which is crazy because that was my senior year, I think. And I, I just I never went to basketball games. I was just more going to football mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> we lost, but it was a great game. And it was my first time where I really like was you know, a witness to the Izone and, and Breslin and just like what that atmosphere is like. And it's, it's a really like life. Ch- if you're, if you're a basketball fan, like that's somewhere you definitely need to check out before, yeah. you know, you die. I feel like I think it's just a great environment and it's such a good college basketball, just like Mecca, I guess. But I, w- I, th- I can top that though, because I think when I got to perform at midnight madness for the guys, that was probably my, my, my most memorable, even though it wasn't a game, it was still like, I also classify it as my favorite memory because, you know, I was able to do my thing and, you know, and and then watch, you know, just the team practice before and like during the, like early in the day, I got to watch the guys practice and got a haircut from their barber in the, in the, the, (laughs) in the locker room, like was really treated like a player. So I was, did Izzo yell at you? Did you get screamed at by Tom Izzo? No. So coaches that wasn't at the practice, which I was really bummed about. Cause I was like, oh, oh shit, I'm not going to meet coach. And then, and then funny enough, he actually walked into my green room before Monday or midnight madness and like came out of his way and said hi to me. And, you know, just like asked me about what I was like, my music and, and you know, like just everything kind of, and, and couldn't have been a cooler, nicer guy. And you kind of hear like fables about Izzo, like as a student, like he's the best, but until you really meet him, you don't realize like just how cool and nice of a guy is. And, it was no different when I got to meet him. So my, I feel like my respect is just like doubled for him. I mean, I loved him before, but now I, I kind of worship him. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it was really cool to, to, to get a chance to talk to him for a little bit. I, I went back and watched that Midnight Madness hype reel from when you did it in 2019. And you're on stage, you're performing, and Izzo is like rocking out with you, man. Like he's, he's got like a cell phone light in the air. He's what, did you see that when you're on stage? Or is that not something you realize until it was all said and done? He literally, that's, it's, it's, I even forgot that dude, by the way. So thank you for saying that. He yeah, no, I got you. yeah. He got on stage for my last song and without me knowing he walked right behind me and he actually made a speech. Like before the song started, he grabbed the mic and I was like, all right, dude, I'm not going to tell you don't. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, um, you know, everyone, you know, make some noise for like a fellow Spartan. And I just, cause look, I, I think a lot of people there, aren't there to watch a, a performance They're there to see the basketball team and, and, and bring their kids and kind of get a, a, you know, a classic Michigan state basketball like moment. And, and I think I was a surprise to most people. And so I think coach Izzo definitely like helped the crowd get a little more hype because that's all you really need is him to show up and yeah. everyone's excited. So he definitely made my last, like it was, the whole thing was great. But that last song I, I performed, it was really exciting. And he was on stage with me. He was like my little hype man. He has, yeah. phone on, like you said, and, that's something I'll never forget. It was just cool thing. Yeah. That that's like as good as a hype man. Uh, can get, get better, yeah. Where is is that like so I'm sure just doing live shows and you you're getting to experience all these different things that you probably were like, man, how did how did I get here? Like you walk out on the stage and like, how did this happen? Is that the the top of the mountain, the one performance you think of, or it's like, whoa, how did I even get here? Or is there a, another one that you can think of? I think that's really up there. Um, I would say maybe Lollapalooza is, is I, I performed there in 2018. And for me, that was, you know, as I think most Midwest 
people growing up, that's kind of like the big music festival that we always hear about. And yeah. it's kind of like the Coachella of the Midwest. Now, like out here, I hear about Coachella and that's all people talk about. But I still think Lollapalooza is my my favorite and the best music festival um, in the world. And for me to perform there was just like such a bucket list thing because I, I, I grew up going there a lot in you know, always thought about how cool it would be to one day maybe be on stage. And so just to get to do that was, was super just jaw dropping. And, um, but I will say that the, the MSU Midnight Madness is a whole experience was definitely like, it's definitely a top five moment because I think it just, it like hit home for me more because, you know, that's where I went to school and, you know, someone like coach Izzo and something like the Breslin are these things you kind of just put on this pedestal and you you never really think you're going to actually get a chance to like, interact with them in what you do and, and have it be a part of your, your career. And, and so the, the fact that that happened was, was so surreal and it's still like 100% a, a, a top three, four or five, whatever moment. It's just, yeah, it's, it's up there for sure. It's the, on the Mount Rushmore moments for me, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. That's if you're, if you're a Michigan state fan and you're like, man, I can't even imagine like doing midnight madness. It's sort of like this niche thing where it's, you know, getting to be a part of it is so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a perfect transition. We've got Quinn 92 here with us to talk about your new album, change of scenery to you mentioned earlier in the interview, change of scenery was the first EP you put out. And I think you said you work, you were working on it while you're at MSU, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I okay. was working on it. Um, yeah, I was working on it in 2014, right before I left school and uh, like I said, I was driving to Michigan a lot, the, the university, and yeah. to see my buddy Alex, and he he produced the entire thing for me. And he's someone I went to school with since like the third grade, so I've known him forever. And um, it was cool to kind of like craft this music with him. And yeah. since that point, you know, we ended up getting signed to Columbia Records, both as like separate artists. And a few years went by, like it's been like four years since we've worked together, since being signed and stuff. So we 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 kind of treated the pandemic and quarantine as like an ironic moment to to get back together and work on stuff. Cause you know, both of our, like my tour was canceled and he had a lot of things put on pause and it was the one time where we got to kind of slow down and, yeah. and kind of think about like, what's the next step we want to make in our careers. And there was something sentimental, I think about being in quarantine that it just, it, it made, I think it made us want to make something just a little more special for the fans and a little more heartfelt. And I, I felt like we all could have used something like that at the time. So we were like, why don't we just, you know, get back in the studio and make like a sequel to the first thing we ever made and just see what happens. Um, we made a couple songs out here in LA and they and they were pretty good, but we knew we wanted to kind of keep diving at it and, and keep, keep, you know, you know, chipping away at what we could hopefully make. And, and we went to Rhode Island, which is, I'm actually wearing this shirt. In Newport yeah, it's a great <laughs> shirt, man. Yeah. It's a great shirt. Yeah. Shout out to the t-shirt shop. I got it out there. And uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, obviously that's kind of a weird place to go to make an album, but I think, you know, his, his family has a house there and they offered to it, they offered it to us to make the music. And I just thought we wanted to get out of California as far as we could and just kind of find inspiration somewhere else. And, going there seemed like the perfect fit and it, and, and it was dude, we just, we made music for like two weeks in his mom and dad's living room and just kind of went back. <laughs> to the there wasn't any fancy equipment or anything. We just kind of kept it really simple. And I think that was the key, you know, it just, it helped remind me how much I love making music and how much fun it can be. And, and really just, you know, how much fun making something great with someone you care about can, can feel. And for me, that was making it with him. And, and, you know, my manager was out there and, our buddy Tom, who also helped co-produce the album, was there. And it was just a really cool experience. And I think we're eager to get back there soon and, and do some more stuff. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the story of it. So it comes out March 5th in a couple of days, which I'm super stoked about. So I find that really interesting, mainly because I'm not an artist and I can't relate at all. But that's very <laughs> interesting that you made a few songs over in Cali and you figured like, you know what, this is all good. But it's not there yet. So my question is, like, how do you know when a song is there and it is what you're looking for? I don't you know, I don't think you ever really know. I think it's just I mean, you do know in the sense that it's just intuition. But, you know, I I think if I was being if I'm if I'm being totally honest with you, I think there's still songs I hear that I've made that I, I still can in my head picture changing in ways. Like I think as a as a creative, you're always trying to find a way to sort of like evolve and adapt what you've made. And I think the real key is just learning how to like put the brakes on and, and realize, you know, like it's good how it is, let it be how it is. And just, just release the damn thing, you know, cause I think sometimes <laughs> that's what kind of sells the creative process is you just kind of want to keep adding like 
it's kind of like baking a cake. Like you want to just add sprinkles and all this stuff on top. And eventually it, you forget what you made. It's just like a pile of all this random stuff. And I think there, there, there is a skill of just, you know, stopping at a certain point and being like, okay, it's, it's finished. So I guess to answer your question, you know, it, for us, it was just trusting our gut that we had what we needed and, and anything more was just, um, what, what, it, anything we added more to a song just wasn't necessary. Um, but I'm still working on that, dude. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm still perfecting that skill because it's difficult. Because because once you get in the room, you're like, ah, I feel like it can be a little better. And then <laughs> you got another guy being like, no, it's good. And, you know, it's, so it's, you got to compromise in some ways. Change of scenery to coming out Thursday night at midnight, technically Friday morning, but Thursday night at midnight, March 5th. We got Quinn 92 here. Um, is this a sequel like just in title alone or is there some sort of, like musical connection uh, to the EP that you released uh, now six years ago, or is it, you know, is it like, how does it sort of relate to that and some of your previous stuff that you put out? Yeah. So I would say, you know, it kind of has, it kind of has parallels both in like, you know, music and in just meaning. Um, So like sonically, for example, it's, it's really, um, you know, because Alex, okay, he produced the whole first project and now he has his hands on this one you're definitely going to hear similarities of what we used to make. And, and just, I think him and I kind of created this sound back in 2015 that we kind of stuck with. And it's kind of what we're known for. Like since that project is this sort of feel good, sort of Island mm-hmm. like, summer, good feeling. Like yeah. You can definitely expect a lot, of, a lot of that with this album. And it's, it's just kind of like our bread and butter, I guess, to what we do. Um, so there's similarities in, in terms of that, but also just, you know, in the title change of scenery, like, that album or that first EP was made and we called it Change of Scenery because we were graduating college and moving on to the quote unquote real world. And that's kind of why we said Change of Scenery because we were moving from our college, our college houses to, you know, <laughs> back to our parents' houses. And so uh, it was, it, was, it wasn't that exciting in a weird way, but with this album, we took a change of scenery by, you know, leaving LA where we live now and going mm-hmm. to Newport, Rhode Island to, to change things up and kind of go back to the basics. So it's kind of a full circle moment here. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of going back to what we were seeking in 2015, um, you know, six years later. So it's, it's, it's cool to, it's cool to think about that though. Cause I think it all was meant to happen. And, and it's, again, it's just, it's awesome to be able to do this with him and, and I'm excited for fans just to hear it. Yeah. Do you ever get a chance to come back to Michigan State? Obviously, you're incredibly busy touring, recording, and all that good stuff. But do you ever get a chance to come back? And follow question to that: um, Do you ever just want to like tailgate? I don't know. I feel like that's a good time, right? Dude, oh my gosh, you're speaking to you're you're speaking to the choir right now, man. Yeah, that's my language. That's uh, here we go. My favorite thing to do. Yeah, no, I uh, I was able to come back. Um, my sister graduated there um, last year, so in in the last couple years, I've been able to go and you know go to football games with her and, and tailgate a couple times. But funny enough, we actually my twin brother Matt he actually had his bachelor party in East Lansing because he loves Michigan State. He went to Michigan State too. <laughs> he's just such a, he's even more of a diehard Spartan fan. So like he he was like. I was like, do you want to go to Vegas? Do you want to go? Where do you want to go to? He's like, what do you want to have this crazy party? He's like, let's go, let's go to East Lansing. I'm like, okay. Like, super friendly, you know? um, we, uh, we got a chance to go to a football game there. We got like on-field passes and the whole nine yards. It was, it was a really cool thing to just do with all of our, like our good buddies. And, and yeah, so we tailgated there before and it was just like, it was like a normal football Saturday. And it was, I thought like the perfect way to celebrate his, his, you know, marriage was, was a football game. Cause that's like all he wanted to do back then. And, and it was, it was perfect. So yeah, but I'm trying to get I back this guy already. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, once uh, the, the pandemic sort of clears and everyone's able to, to return back to games and stuff like that, you know, we got to get you out there on the sidelines now with Coach Tucker in. We can, yeah, man. you know, Matt I'm, and I can send some DMs and maybe we can get some of your songs on the pregame playlist. You know, we know some amazing, people, dude. Quinn. We know some people. <laughs> a little halftime show action. I'll be down. Oh, yeah. my God. Now we're talking. If you, now we're if talking. you want to do a halftime show with the band, we will make that happen. Yeah. I'm, I, I'll make that promise right now. I will pull <laughs> strings. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, the- I'm not. I'm not busy right now. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to send so many messages as soon as we yeah. get off this call. Uh, last thing for me here, um, just sort of, what do you envision? Like, y- you got this album coming out. It's obviously. <laughs> 
we always say unprecedented times because that's really the only way you can describe it. Yeah. Normally, you're going to tour this thing. Uh, you're going to be pushing it. Like, what is it like now? Like, you haven't released an album under quarantine like this, but now, like, what do you think the next couple of months are going to be like for you? Is it back to the studio? Are you going to do um, digital shows? Like, what does this look like for you? Yeah, I think, you know, as far as making you know, making music after, after this release, I, I, I think only time will tell. I know I'm ready to get back to it though, because this thing took only two weeks. So it's much, much quicker than t- making an album normally takes. So I feel like I'm already kind of charged up and, and ready to get back to it. Um, as far as the like shows, like you said, I, I think, you know, in-person touring is going to have to, you know, take some time off still. Mm-hmm. I'm optimistic we'll, we'll, we'll be able to get back to it this fall, but you know, we'll see knock on wood it, it happens, but, uh, but no, I'm doing some virtual stuff. I actually have a drive-in show on the 11th out here in Anaheim that I'm going to play. And that's a really interesting, I've done a few of those now and yeah. it's a really very peculiar thing, but it's, I think <laughs> at the end of the day, we all, most people enjoy it. Like, I think it's the, kind of the best we can do right now. And I think it's, um, yeah, it, it, for me, it's very healthy because it's just good to get back on stage and like see people in person and stuff. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I do some college like zoom shows, which is very interesting. (laughs) Um, you know, those are always again, very, very, very like fascinating experiments. I like to say, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm just kind of, you know, I think I'll, I don't have the answer as far as what my game plan is, but you know, I'm sure I'll get back to the studio pretty soon than pretty sooner than uh, imagined. Cause it's kind of, it's also my favorite thing to do is make music. So it's like when when I'm bored, like that's kind of all I want to do. So, you know, I think I have no choice but to <laughs> make some more stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. Social experiment is like the perfect way to say yeah. what everything has been going on. He's Quinn yeah. 92. Change of Scenery 2 is out Thursday night at midnight. Uh, real quick, if people want to buy the album, where can they find it? You can find it pretty much everywhere you listen to music. So, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, uh, SoundCloud, really just, you know, search it anywhere and it should be it should be there for you <laughs> if everything goes right technologically it yeah, should be there exactly, exactly, well yeah. thanks so much for making some time it was awesome catching up with you awesome talking msu sports and your career uh we always love seeing spartan succeed obviously and just uh you know your career has been a really fun one to watch we hope great things come with this album and we will get back to you on getting you on the field at halftime with a spartan band it's gonna happen we're making this happen He's Quinn 92, Change of Scenery 2, wherever you get your music. Thanks for making some time for us, Quinn. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, everyone listening, March 5th, go get the album out everywhere. Um, you know, always have love for Michigan State. I'm down to talk to you guys whenever. Go green, and hopefully we'll get up that, that <laughs> halftime show yes, set up. There we go. Band. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate it. All right, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Locked on Spartans, where we will recap whatever the hell happens in this basketball game and look forward to the weekend with another game coming up against University of Michigan. So fade Friday, we'll, we'll be doing that. And uh, yeah, we'll sneak in a fade Friday as well. Remind you to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, you got some trivia? March 4th, it's Thursday. We got some tough trivia. What year did Tom Yuchich uh, become the Michigan State baseball program's first first team All-American? 1972. 1954. 1954. Just missed. Correct. Uh, Congratulations. You're the smartest person in the world. All right. Or Tom's grandson. Uh, Not even.